welcome to the Junction Church Aberdeen podcast. We're so glad you chose to listen to this life-changing message. It's funny, um, you know, you nearly preached my message at the start, how, how, you know, how God, how God actually set the calendar in Israel according to their offerings. That was how he set their calendar. And so I actually see the beginning of the year for our church, our first fruit offering. That's where I think we start our year. And I know it's a month in, ours is next week. And uh, so I'm really excited about that. I'll practice here and then I'll do a good one down there. Uh, joking, please. It's going to be awesome here. But, um, and I actually believe that, that your year as a church can start from today. And um, I've just got just a couple of things to say. I could preach for hours on this. I could go for the next few weeks about the power of first fruit offerings. Um, And it's already been said, the power of an offering is just absolutely phenomenal. Jesus was an offering. Jesus was an offering. He was the offering of the Son of God to redeem the world. So that's the power of an offering. Don't ever underestimate the power of what you can give to God. And that's not just financially. Today's about finances. but, But it's your mind. It's your energy. It's your life. It's your love. It's your sacrifice. You know, it's how you serve other people. The Bible says, actually, as you serve other people, you're actually giving glory to His name. And so, you know, everything that we do in this life actually adds up to what we're doing for and to God. Um, let's just get this out of the way. I don't normally advertise things, and I, haven't, and I haven't done before here, I don't think, from the platform. I do have a whole load of memory sticks. Uh, don't they look great in a little white box there? Um, there's 60 messages on there. Um, there's about six or seven series. There's series on the blood covenant. There's series on the authority of the believer. There's series on abundance and uh, prosperity financially. There's a series there on uh, wisdom, I think. There's a series. There's all sorts of series on there, and those are going to go for forty quid today. So that's if you'd like one, they'll be up the back. If not, that's fine. Why don't you buy two and give one away? That's always a good thing to do. In fact, who who has never um, who's what shall I ask? Who you can have it. There you go. There you go, mate. Whatever your name is. He just went, I'll have it. I don't know. <laughs> now that's how to get ahead in life. Don't wait for the question. Just. I was going to ask, who's a, a lady in this place? So oh, there we go. All right. You're obviously hiding something. Right. Um. God likes to be first. Yeah, God likes to be first. God's not a God who puts up with second place. He doesn't like coming second. I know in the world today, we, it drives me mad. You know, my kids come home and, you know, they're trying to be indoctrinated with idiot mentalities like this. It's not about winning the race. It's about running in it. And you think, come on, the whole, the whole of life is a competition. The whole of life is a competition, and of course we have to deal with right attitudes, how you, know, how you run the race. But the Bible says this, when you run a race, you run to win it. You don't run to come second. Now, if you do, don't be a bad loser, of course. You know, get, get a great attitude going, but it's actually about achieving. It's actually about you know, getting somewhere. The Bible says when we stand before God, God's going to say, how have you done? You know, did you win your race? And that's not against other people. That's, a, that's actually a competition in yourself, you know, to be the best you can be. 
Um, God likes to be first. God is first. We know that. He is the highest. He has the name above every name. Um, he is the great God, Jehovah. There, is, there isn't any other God but Him. He is the Creator. The Bible says He upholds all things by the word of His power. God is in the first place. But you know what? He likes to be in the first place in your and my life. He likes to be first. He likes to be loved first. He said, you know, there's a little, you know, criticism really to a church in the New Testament where it says, come on, you, you know, you started well, but you've left your first love. Return again and do the first works you did. You, know, you see, God likes to be first. God likes to be loved first, honored first, put in the first place, put in the highest place. He likes to be thought of first. Everything else will find its place and fall into place when God is in his rightful place. See, God's not an emergency prayer line. God's not, you know, in case of emergencies, shout, help God. You know, that's, that's not having God in the first place. That's having God as a little appendix to your life that says, oh, when something's going wrong, I'll, you know, I'll call on him and he'll be there. Well, thank God he'll be there, but the rest of your life won't add up unless God is in the first place and in the highest place in your life. It says in uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, and this is the verse that is at the heartbeat of our first fruit offering today. And it says this, Honor God with your first fruits, with your substance, and with the first fruits of all your increase. Honor God with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. Now, that was speaking to um, an um, agricultural society. It was a society where really all they did was grow crops and farm. And, you know, there's a little bit of commerce and other things that, that happened, of course. But, you know, the, the huge majority of people lived by seed time and harvest. They understood, if I put seed in the ground, I'm going to grow something back. And of course we appreciate and we understand that we give to God because we love Him. We give to God because we want to say, God, you are everything to me. But no farmer puts seed in the ground saying, I put seed in the ground because I love the earth. That's just absurd. Oh, I love this piece of ground here. You're just fantastic. I, I just, oh, let me just hug you just a moment here. And then, oh, look, I love you so much. There's a seed. Now look, there's another one. Now of course God is our ground. God is, God is who we're sowing seed to. And we do love God. And we do give because we want to worship and honour God. But you never put seed in the ground expecting nothing back. You always put seed in the ground in order to get something back. And however non-Christian right and uh, you know, acceptable in the United Kingdom this sounds, it is a scriptural principle to give to get. That is a scriptural principle. Now, I'm not saying I give you something because I want you to give me something. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying we give to God and we are expecting God to return something to us. Because that's what He promised He will do. The whole of the kingdom of God works on seed time and harvest. We understand that. But, you know, today isn't just about sowing seed. It's about breakthrough. And I've... you know, I've got it here in my notes for today that, you know, perhaps over the last few years we've been, you know, 
able to just you know go around in circles a little bit or just to maintain but since the beginning of this year our church has been on a like yours probably a praying and fasting thing and you know we're having prayer meetings every week and people are believing and there is something so strong stirring in my heart and if you came to Citygate and I can sense it here as well that there is that there is an expectation for breakthrough I know we say it every year but there is something that is stirring there's something stirring certainly in our heart and there's something stirring here saying come on God come on God breakthrough in the name of Jesus we want a breakthrough whether it's financially or physically you know we just had an incredible testimony and um, this girl she's 22 and they'd found a um, a tumor in her breast and she was only 22 21 22 and you know she goes to the hospital she has a um, what's it called a biopsy and they say yep cancerous this is a malignant growth so she's, you know, she's um, hooked up to go and have the operation. And I don't know how long that took, a couple of weeks or whatever. And she was going in, you know, on the Thursday. Well, she's part of the team who does the, um, the kids and the, uh, yeah, whoever it is, whichever age group she's involved with. I think, I think it's the youth. And they were having an evening on the uh, Friday beforehand. And just afterwards, they said, come on, let's just lay hands on you and let's just believe God with you. And they, and they prayed for her. And all of a sudden, she felt, she felt this incredible burning in, in her chest. And it went on all night long. She struggled to, you know, to get any rest. And she was, there was this incredible burning. And, and it had gone by the next day. But all night long, she was feeling this really uncomfortable. It wasn't pleasant, but this sort of, you know thing going on she didn't know what it was she was believing God of course we're a church that believes in miracles but and so she goes in on the Thursday to have the operation but before the operation um, you know they just do another examination or something and the you know the guy goes out brings in the consultant he goes out brings in somebody else and they say well we have no idea what's happened we took a biopsy of this two weeks ago and there is no lump there today it has gone and we got that on a bit of a bit of paper see God God is a God of incredible breakthrough. And, you know, actually, how long do you have to stand, Pastor Jay? Well, it's not about how long you have to stand. It's just you stand. Whether it takes a week or a month, how long? Well, it's not about how long. It's about, well, I just believe I receive this. God is the God of the breakthrough, and I'm going to stand. And having done all, I'm going to stand. And it doesn't matter how long I'm going to stand. I won't give up. And it's not until the fat lady sings, dear God. It's until I get what I want in the name of Jesus, which is breakthrough. Amen. Is there anybody with me today? Yeah, you're getting this. So breakthrough is incredibly powerful. We just had a guy who gave in his first fruits last year, and he's been giving every year. Just seen incredible things. He's he's the one I told you about. Why has it happened to him? I don't I don't know. But um, who had all these debts with the bank, and you know the the uh, standing order was going out everywhere. I think I told you this a couple of years ago. And um, you know he had one returned, and it bounced. He thought, oh no, I've, you know I don't want to, you know. I have to make these payments every week. He's on some plan of some sort, you know, to repay the debts. And so, you know, it all bounced back. And then, um, and so he paid it again and it bounced back. So he phoned up and they said, there is no record that you ever had a debt with us. And that happened the week after his first fruits about three weeks, um, you know, three years ago. Fantastic. Well, this is the same guy who... Um, um, he sowed just last year into first fruits, saying, "God, I want a change in my, um, you know, job situation." And he's been, you know, employed for years in the same job, but he's just been in the same position, doing the same thing, and it's a real pressure on him. He doesn't like the job overly. And um, he came up to me last 
just last, uh, yes, last Sunday. And this is a year after he sewed for this specific thing. And he said, you know what? They called me in the office. They're going to, um, they've asked me to be the head of the whole of, of, of the London area for his job. I mean, this is a huge step up. He was just the head of a warehouse. And now he's been put over the whole region. He said a company car. They're, you know, almost going to, um, huge pay rise, the whole bit. Now, how long has he been believing for that? Probably for some years. But he stood. And having done all to stand, stand, he stood and he's believed God for a breakthrough. And I just think, you know, isn't it easy, you know, perhaps to give up after six months? This was a week before our next first fruits and God breaks through and does what he was going to do. See, there is an exchange thing that happens in the kingdom of God. Um, His kingdom operates in a balance. The Bible, you know, speaks a lot about things in balance. And... You know, so often we think, well, that's a little bit of faith and a little bit of unbelief. That's, that, you know, perhaps that's being balanced. That's, you know, love, God's love, but everybody's human, so you've got to have a bit of unforgiveness in there to keep you real. I don't know. Is that, is that how we think about balance? And perhaps that's how a lot of churches think. I don't know. A little bit of this and a little bit of that. No, I believe that how we have a balanced life in God is, have, is to have the fullness of everything. So we have the fullness of love and the fullness of faith. We have the fullness of joy and we have the fullness of peace. So we have the fullness of these things. And as we are full on all these things, it keeps your life balanced. It's not, well, let's reduce our expectations so we have a little bit of faith. Don't be too extreme now. Don't believe God for something too big. You need to be balanced about this. Be a little bit in unbelief over here. No, that's not balance. The kingdom of God operates by the fullness of joy and the fullness of faith and the fullness of love and the fullness of sacrifice and the fullness of these things in our lives will give us a balanced life and a balanced church. Now in that, you see, God is a God who responds to what we do. This has been a you know, a contradiction in the body of Christ for so many years now, hundreds of years, that, you know, do things begin with God and the church responds, or do things start with the church and God responds? Well, it's actually a bit of both. There are times when God does something and the church responds, or the, you know, the Christian responds. There's other times when we do something and God responds. There's a time in Acts chapter 10 where Cornelius, he prayed and he gave consistently and an angel turned up and said, because you prayed and gave, this memorial has come up before God, therefore God is going to break through with the Gentiles. Absolutely incredible. There was a time when there were 5,000 people, you know, who, who had to be fed. And up comes a little boy and gives him five loaves and two fish. And because he gave the five loaves and two fish, then Jesus was able to feed the 5,000. He didn't feed them from nothing. He took what somebody had and he turned it into a miracle. You see, and so often the body of Christ is saying, God, do this, and God, do this, and God, do this. But, but actually the Bible says, when you honor God with your substance, when you honor God with your first fruits, when you put your faith on the line, when you honor God, put Him in the first place, then your barns will be filled. Then your vats will overflow with new wine. It's something that the church needs to instigate, and then God responds. Even in the case of glory. Now, this word glory is one of my favorites in the Bible. And, you know, the glory of God, God be glorified in me. God be glorified in the church. 
God be glorified in all the earth. Have you ever prayed that? Have you ever prayed a prayer about God's glory? I think we probably sang something about God's glory today, about his glory being over all the earth and God pour out your glory. But actually, you know what happens? The Bible says God is glorified as we give him glory. Yeah, we're, you know, I don't want to be too deep for a Sunday morning. I know we all want to get giving and praying in in just a few minutes but if we can get this this is an incredible understanding to get into your life this is something how God will respond to what we do God be glorified what does that mean well the church explodes and people come to Christ and you know people get healed and incredible things happen as his glory moves through the church as his glory settles upon a church as his glory is seen upon our lives but you know what the Bible says in order for that to happen we have to give him glory you can find this all the way through the Psalms well what is glory glory is not praise glory is not worship Let me give you a couple of little verses. The Queen of Sheba came to see Solomon and all his glory. They came to the king of Assyria to see his glory. And they weren't actually talking about the anointing or the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what they were talking about? His stuff. His stuff. Your glory that you can give God is what you own. Wow. I know this is going to, you know, get hold of your brain a little bit and stir it up. I don't know, but it says, give God, this is Psalm 96, I think, give God the glory due to his name, bring him an offering. Your glory is your stuff. Your glory is what you own. The glory of Solomon was his stuff, was his throne, was his servants, was his, was his food that he ate, was the clothes he wore. That was his glory. The glory of the king of Syria. We're talking about stuff. We do, your glory. Do you like the shirt? It's my e, this is one of my eBay shirts. <laughs> Nearly got another one yesterday, but I missed it. I'm the eBay king, apparently. But eBay, this is my glory, whether you like it or not. And I don't care. Don't tell me. Just smile and humor me. But this is my glory. Are you you getting this? This is my glory. So when the Bible says, give God glory, it's not saying, oh, hallelujah. No, that's not giving God glory. That's saying, hallelujah. When we say, oh, God, we praise you. That's not giving God glory. That's praising God. But to give God glory is to actually take something that represents your life and you present it to God and the Bible says and really teaches this all the way through that glory is an exchange it's an exchange we give him glory he gives us glory what's his glory the stuff he's got the stuff he's got glory means this the Hebrew and the Greek both mean this weightiness it actually comes from a weight of wealth God's glory is his ability to heal the sick. God's glory is, 
uh, you know, opening doors for you and providing jobs and, and, you know, being Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, your provider in every situation. That is the glory of God being released. It's not just a fire or a presence in a service. The Bible says that people saw the glory of God when Jesus turned water into wine. What did he do? He provided. It says Jesus displayed his glory. He didn't shine. He didn't float. He didn't, there were no angels going, hallelujah. There was nothing of that going on. All he did was take some water and turn it into wine. And they said, now pour that out. Everybody have a drink. That's glory. Wow. What is it? It's what God does. It's what God provides from what he has. But glory is an exchange. And I don't know about you, but I want the glory of God this year. I want a spirit of breakthrough every day of my life. I want his glory at work in me, through me, and upon me. And the Bible says, as we give him glory, he gives us glory. He also says, I have given them the glory that you gave me. It's a prayer over in John 17. I've given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one. A display of God's glory you also find in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4 when everybody met each other's needs. Come on, let's put this together. Glory to be one. That's not a nice feeling. That's a practical lifestyle where we meet each other's needs and when we love one another and we're good to one another. That's the glory of God being revealed. Why? Because it's what we have being sown into a situation for God to be glorified by us releasing our glory so he can release his glory and everyone's needs are met. Isn't that just amazing? You see, this is a way to to live a breakthrough life. It's understanding the power of sowing seed. It's understanding that God is a God of breakthrough. It's understanding that God's given me stuff in order you know, for me to meet other people's needs and to honor God. This is all about honoring God. We heard that from Pastor Kevin at the start. And you know, the Bible says, honor God. Put Him in the first place. Put Him in the highest place. There's a great example in the Bible where Elijah, um, he's... He's on a journey. He's going on a journey. And um, he starts by being fed by ravens. And that's all great. And, you know, the ravens keep on dropping food on his lap. Great way to live. Wouldn't you just love, oh, ravens feeding me every day. I don't want to, I don't think that's overly the way I want to live my life. But there we go. He was on a journey. And perhaps your life is on a journey. Perhaps you felt like you've been fed by ravens food over the last few years but you know what that stopped and then there was a brook and the brook dried up the brook dried up I don't know about you but sometimes you go through life's experiences and your brook dries up you think this has been great for the last few years and where's it gone suddenly dried up just came from nowhere the brook dried up and so it's another opportunity to complain but you know what God said he said don't complain Elijah he said now get up and go down to Zarephath because I have commanded everybody say commanded commanded a person to provide for you I have commanded somebody you see it's about this exchange of glory it's about this sowing seed he said I have commanded somebody to provide for you so up he gets now he could have sat there and go oh but I like the brook He could have said, oh, but I like my last season. Life is about going from season to season and transitioning well. 
if you don't make the transition well, you'll always live in regret and upset from the last season. So you were married and you're not now. Transition. Oh, that's really gone quiet in this place. So you had a job and you don't have that one now. Don't live in regret. Transition. Go from one place to the next place. So you were expecting this to happen and it didn't happen. Transition. Get into your next season because the Bible says He takes us from glory, come on, to glory. From one place of provision to the next place of provision. From one place of breakthrough to the next place of breakthrough if we transition well being led by the Spirit. So either He could have gone from the glory of the ravens to the glory of the brook to the glory of this lady providing or He would have been stuck with the ravens and when they left, you know, I don't know, perhaps built some sort of memorial said, this is where it happened. This is where the ravens were. I'm just going to sit here till they come back because God's done it before. He'll do it again. Amen. No, he's not. Transition. Move on. Move on to the brook. When it dries up, move on down to Zarephath. But because he was faithful with the ravens, because he was faithful with the brook, because he heard the voice of God and was able to transition, he went down to Zarephath and he was on his way into the town and he sees this little old lady. Little old lady gathering sticks on her last legs. God said, it's her. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious? I was expecting some banker. I was expecting somebody with, you know, huge, oh, yeah, God, I've been faithful. If you're going to send somebody to, command somebody to provide for me, I don't want her. <laughs> Give me someone else, God. But he didn't do that. He just went up to her and said, hello there, little old lady. He said, how are you going? She said, fine, I'm gathering some sticks. I've got a little bit of oil, a little bit of flour. I'm going to make one meal and then I'm going to die. <laughs> how many of you want them in your church? <laughs> Fantastic. Oh God, fill my church with people with a death wish, please. <laughs> Come on. That's what she says. I could turn you 1 Kings 17. We're going to have this. We're going to have some flour. Have a little bit of oil. Have one more meal. This is all we got. Gather a couple of sticks, she said. She wasn't even gathering a whole load. We've got an open fire now. I'm loving it. I give Michael the axe. I don't know if he's here or off climbing something, but uh, he's, he's here somewhere. Is he here? He's downstairs. I was in the middle of an altar call not too long. Well, a few years ago now. He is here. Oh, no. I was in the middle of an altar call a few years ago now. Every eye closed, every head bowed. And I opened my eyes and I'm praying. And he's swinging off the... Um, <laughs> He's swinging off the trussing. We got a, a high stage with all the, you know, the trussing. And he's swinging off the trussing with every eye closed and every head bowed. <laughs> I extended the altar call that day, I tell you. Get down. Anyway, we're giving the axe. We don't, you know, and we're, and, we're, and we're chopping up the logs and it's great and wood's flying everywhere. We're not gathering a couple of sticks. We don't just want a little, a little sort of, of a flame. We want a roaring fire here. Her whole attitude was one of, let's just give up and die. Couple of sticks. Last meal. One biscuit and die. And Elijah said this. Wouldn't this go well down, you know, go, uh, sorry, go down well in the press now where uh, he said, fine. He said, go and do that. That's fine. But first feed me. <laughs> wow, 
can you imagine what the press, what the Scottish Highland Abaddonian Times would do with that? Pastor steals dying woman's last meal. That's what he did. Well, just imagine with Jesus. You know, Jesus stole little boy's lunch. That's what it would be. They wouldn't, you know, talk about the 5,000 that were fed. They'd identify the one that he had to take in order to do that. But that's always the case. In order for us to do great things, there has to be a sacrifice. There has to be a sowing. There has to be a, uh, you know, a laying hold of the small in order to get hold of the big from glory to glory. So he said, okay, fine. You know, go, you know, do your sticks, make your meal and die. That's fine. But first of all, feed me. And so she does. What's that about? It's about honor. It's about honor. Now, in our you know, situation here, it's not about honoring, in this situation, pastors, uh, who are you, Kevin and Cheryl? Right. I suddenly thought, what's your name? Kevin, I've known them for 20-something years. Isn't it funny? There's Heidi up here. She's rocking away. I went over in the middle of worship. I said, Cheryl, when I first knew you, that was you. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, man, 20, 25 years ago. And um, anyway, so he said, fine, do that. It isn't about honoring and we do honour pastors, we do honour leaders, we do honour the police and the government and everybody else, that's the right thing to do. But in my example today, we're talking about honouring the kingdom of God. We're talking about honouring God first. God first. See, we have to understand God had commanded this woman. God had commanded her. And I want you to understand today, if you're part of this church, if you're a guest here today, please, you're off the hook. Just take your shoes off, relax, sit back. Well, hopefully you've, you washed them, otherwise keep them on. But... <laughs> I need to be careful with that. People take me literally. I had a bloke in the church. He's left now, thank God. But um, he used to sit there, take his shoes and socks off and pick his feet. And then after that, he'd fall asleep. Yeah, so he didn't last long. Anyway. Um, um, that's the truth. That's the truth. And you love him. Anyway. Um, it's about honouring God. If you're a guest here today, please, you know, you're just here, you're observing, that's fine, and I trust you've had a great day today and perhaps realise that perhaps God isn't just a religious figure. He is real. He wants to be involved with your life. He will heal your body physically. He will sort out your relationships. He will get involved with your finances. He will open doors for you in your future that no one can shut. The Bible says he has a plan for your life and he's got great thoughts towards you. Perhaps you think God is an old man with a big stick and all he wants you to do is be perfect. No. No, that's what he expected with Jesus to be perfect and that's why he died for you you know you can't be perfect but he wants your love he wants your heart he wants your attention but for those of us that are part of the church here today I want to say as you honor God first you know how how that happens you partner with your local church oh I'm putting God first the Bible says if you say you love God but you don't love your brothers you're a liar and the word love there doesn't just mean have a nice feeling. It means to have a covenant commitment. It means actually what I have, I'm going to help out others with the stuff I have. It's not about emptying bank accounts and all that and spending all your time in church. It's about having a right attitude towards the kingdom of God, saying I'm going to put God first. I'm going to seek first the God and his kingdom. 
His kingdom, the advancement of the church, the advancement of the kingdom, trying to get hold of Aberdeen. I was up the road, you know, we had a dinner out last night, then I took Michael to see a film. I don't know how, how he's awake this morning, went to see Gravity, because uh, he's been wanting to see it. I've seen it once, and we went out, and it was really late last night. And, of course, we were coming back, and we were coming past the clubs. There's, there's a whole load of them around here. And there's, what is it, Mast down there and the Gentleman's Club and all this stuff. And I steered my son up to the main road and across the main road and down, because I, I don't know where they all are through experience. <laughs> I'm just, let me put that, let me explain that. I know where they all are, because I've been here so many times and Kevin's told me. No. Um, <laughs> Not at all. Don't start any rumours, please. There's enough already. Just join the ones that are already out there. Now. But, and I was thinking, dear God, Aberdeen needs Jesus. Aberdeen needs a move of God in it. And it's like, just as I've said with everything else, you know, there's a balance. There's a partnership. In everything, in the Christian life and in the church, there's a partnership. It's not about the church does everything and God does nothing. It's not about... You know, God does everything and the church does nothing. It's about as we do our part, he can, he can do his part. And it's not about just a revival. The church doesn't do anything until a revival falls. Because you'll wait all your life. You'll wait from, you know, from this generation to the next generation. No, it's about building strong, healthy churches where they work hard in the community, they love people, they do everything they can to shine the light and the love of Jesus Christ everywhere they go. And yet we believe for the supernatural glory. We do our glory, we give our glory, and then God can provide his glory and do his bit on top. And what's First Fruits about? Well, it's about setting your year up for God. It's about saying thank you for last year, it's about saying, hey God, you were faithful last year. Your word was true last year. Your word prospered where you sent it last year. Your word did not return void last year. Even though I wasn't as great as I should have been last year, God, you haven't treated me like my sins deserve. Why? Because you got me born again. You've put your spirit on the inside of me. You've opened doors before me no one can shut. And you've led me, whether I've been going through the green pastures or through the valley of the shadow of death, you've been with me. You've been steadfast. You've been faithful. You've been loyal. God, thank you for last year. Thank you. Not thank Thank you necessarily for everything, but thank you in everything. Perhaps you've been through some real mess. Well, you can stay thankful in your heart. Can I say this? One of our girls taking the offering uh, just in the youth the other week, she's only a young girl, she said something which I tweeted and it just really got me. She said this. I don't know where she got it. Just God, hopefully. She said this. You've got far more to be thankful for already than all the needs you will ever have. Wow. I just thought that is incredible. We've got so much to thank God for. Even if God never did anything else, we'd spend the rest of our lives thanking God for what he's already done, for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and for what he's already healed, delivered, set free, restored. Why? Because God, we have got so much to be thankful for. But you know what? As we thank him, he can do more. Often God cannot break through till we break out or till we break in in praise, in faith, in love, in excitement, in zeal, and in offering. As we come to give today, I, you know, I think I've just really just poured out here today. God wants to show his glory. The Bible says the glory of the latter house will be greater 
than the glory of the former house. You know what he's talking about? Wealth. Not talking about fire. Because you know what he said in that same passage over there in Haggai chapter 2? He says this. The gold is mine. The silver is mine. And in this place, the latter temple, I will give shalom. It's the Hebrew word shalom, which is not peace. It means wholeness. It's the word they use for financial wealth, for prosperity. It's actually translated prosperity more than it's translated peace. The gold is mine. The silver is mine. The glory is going to be greater. The gold is mine. The silver is mine. In the latter house, in the church of Jesus Christ, I'm going to give my abundance. Why? As they glorify me, I will glorify them. Get anything out of that today? I hope so. There's an incredible faith in this place. I mean, it was there in the worship. It was there as we came in today. There's an expectation. I know in our church, we start to believe God for our first fruits. Um, months beforehand, we start to think about it, talk about it. We give out leaflets about it. We pray about it. And it's something where we're saying, God, we're, we're, we are going to honor you on purpose. This is not a casual thing. I want to ask you today, how are you going to honor God? How are you going to put him first place in your life? With words only? With time? This year I'm talking about not just today. With time, with finance, with attitude, with your generosity, with serving the house of God, with being a great neighbor? How are you going to honor God this year? The Bible says, honor me with your substance and the first fruits of all your increase your barns are going to be filled. I am believing God again this year for this church, for your barns to be filled in Jesus' name. What does that mean? Uh, of course, it means financially and all that stuff, but to me, more than anything else, it means another service. It means more people. You can't fit anybody else in here. It means other buildings. It means other... But we, we're, I'm saying this, we put ourselves under a whole heap of pressure. We're up to five buildings in our town centre now. It's like flipping it. God, what are you doing? Well, he gives you a barn to fill them. Gives you a barn to fill them. And I want to stir something in this place today to go to the next level. To go to the next level. I know you have an evening service, don't you? So that's great. But, but let's outgrow. Let's outgrow our capacity to contain what God does. Let's outgrow his greatness in our lives. So, let, you know, so he, he, he's just so awesome. We need more room. We're outgrowing and we're, we're so demonstrating the power of God. We need more people, more room, more money, more stuff. Wouldn't that be awesome? You with me today? Yeah. Fantastic. Well, what we are going to do, we're now going to prepare our offering. I can't see my watch. Oh, dear. Um, not, oh, dear. Oh, hallelujah. For more information about the church, visit us online at